Welcome to Descender from Klarna, a podcast where we deep dive into the design career topics we all think about but don't talk enough about. I'm Rachel Rosenson, a design lead at Klarna. Each episode of our show, I'll talk with different designers about how they've navigated tricky questions and milestones or bumps they've hit along the way. We have two very special guests for you today. First, let's welcome to the podcast Anusha Hussein. Anusha is an experienced designer fascinated by the intersection of psychology and design. Hailing from Karachi, Pakistan, she's worked globally on fintech products from developing the branding, strategy, and product for employee perk credit cards in Toronto to Klarna's Berlin office, where she's building out the Klarna Chrome extension to allow flexible payments at any online shop. She's always up for a beer, but will never eat a mushroom. Check out her work at anushehussein.com. Hey, Anusha, how's it going? Good, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm good. Is the mushrooms a distaste or an allergy? It's a distaste, but I just like to say it's an allergy, so no one forces me to try it. So that's my <laughs> little secret. Cool. And also joining us today is Ahmed Arbaj. Ahmed is a self-professed meme lord and gamer. Joining us from our Amsterdam office, Ahmed is a dual Dutch-Moroccan product designer with keen eyes and ears who creates the internal platform at Klarna. From branding to product design, he keeps the Klarna community in communication on a daily basis. Hey, Ahmed, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me here. I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. And what's the latest game that you've been playing? I, I tend to switch. Right now, it's World of Warcraft mainly, but before it was something like Rainbow Six Siege. I do a little bit of Overwatch here and there, ranked mainly, so I'm all over the place. Got you. Keeps it interesting. So, guys, today we are talking about how to keep your perspective fresh. I'm excited because I feel like this is a struggle designers can have on different levels. When you work on the same project or at the same company for a while, you need to still enact a user mindset. But also as creative people, when you feel dull about the work you're doing, it really impacts your mood and mental state. But before we get into that, let's set the scene. What even is a fresh perspective and why does it matter? Anusha, for me, a fresh perspective is when you really think outside the box and explore different solutions. I feel like as designers and as people in this world, we really look at certain things having certain purposes. But until we get this fresh perspective and look at objects in our real life as different things, uh, we're always stuck in this box of, not reinventing and working with we, what we already have. So what I really think uh, a fresh perspective is, is kind of thinking outside the box, exploring new things and getting new perspectives about things. Whenever I think of a perspective, I always put my perspective as the mainstream and everyone else's as a fresh one. So whenever someone comes to me and, and tells me something like, Hey, have you heard about this? For example, I've seen it happen in on multiple websites slash apps. I already kind of see that as a different type of way of doing things. I do tend to get stuck in my old ways and finding information here and there, or you even get them from people help me build a more or less fresh type of perspective. It's basically something that is different from my set of opinions, facts and all that kind of stuff. Like, I get that it's important to move away from your own mindset, but at the same time, you're a designer who was hired to do a job because you are a great designer who know what you're doing. So 
at what point do you say, I'm the designer, this is what needs to happen? And what point do you need that fresh perspective or you need to look elsewhere? I'd say there is always a happy medium. Like you can always take your experiences and, and uh, knowledge to a, uh, a certain uh, subject, but on what subject it is, you can actually see it in different types of ways. So the more you know, the better, and the better you can execute. I always want to know more, whatever the type of subject it is, so I can freely explore the ways on how to solve a certain subject. How do you know when you're hitting on that fresh perspective? It really has to do with your feelings and how you feel and how excited you are about something that really shows whether you are looking at it in an open or fresh perspective. When I'm doing something new with a fresh perspective, I'm really excited about it. So like, I'm always thinking about it at the back of my mind. I'm looking at other ways to solve it. I create more than one, maybe exploration. I'm really the curious type. I always feel the need to either verify what I think is the correct way to do, or if I may or may have missed something. So for me, it's always better if I see fresh perspectives to see if I am going down the right way rather than the other way. Do you have any examples of the last time a fresh perspective really impacted a project or, or a way of thinking? I tend to just ask random people I know, whether it would be friends, maybe these uh, like designer friends or even developer friends, a question that it could be user experience wise or layout wise, but it's very vague. Like when I say vague, you, I mean like different types of blocks because I can't always show what I really need to show because of the fact that I work internally with internal platforms due to data and I just show them a layout. And then I just ask them, what do you think of this? What do you see that can be done differently? And how would you improve on that? And then I just gather my data from there and then just go back to the drawing board and do the same thing all over again, and then pick random people again and see if I can hit the sweet spot. For me, it's similar. I like collaborating with other designers. So for example, we often have critiques. So as our design team in Klarna, we bring up different problems and kind of set a basis to a problem without giving too much insight. And we see how other designers solve it. And often I feel as designers with the tasks that we have, we sometimes get too much into it and we're like digging ourselves a rabbit hole. So we just sometimes need to step out and get kind of ideas from people who have a bit of context, but not the whole context and take those ideas and build upon them. Cause I think. I really enjoy collaborating with other design thinkers, even other product people, just to open my mind a bit and get out of that hole that I've dug for myself and see, okay, can I take person XYZ's idea and build on it more to solve some other issues that I'm maybe designing for. So I often do rely on collaboration for a fresh perspective. I mean, that's why we do have a design team, right? For sure. And take me into what that conversation looks like. When Anusha is stuck in the hole, what are the kind of questions or comments that are most helpful to get you out of it? 
Yeah. So what I try to do is I try to step away. I often try to do something completely different. I'm a very active person. So I like going on a run, doing some exercise just to break my mind from that because otherwise I don't know about you guys, but as a designer, my back of my mind is always working. It's always thinking about how do I solve this problem and looking at stimuli around me to think about it again and again. So I often try to step away from a bit, clear my mind completely. So kind of come out of that hole that I've dug. And when I get back to the drawing board, I start from the first question, like what is a problem that I'm trying to solve? Because often I feel like we need to step back and simplify things because when we get too much into it, we're actually complicating it. So I ask, what's the problem we need to solve? What are some constraints we may have? And what is important to the user? Like what are things that are most important to the user? through solving this problem. And then going back to the basics, that kind of really sets me up with a blank slate to start again and start with like a fresh perspective and make sure I hit these exact targets. So when it, when it comes to perspective, what do you think is the downside? What happens if you don't have a fresh perspective in your process? If that happens to me, you eventually get stuck in your own way, like your old type of way. And sometimes it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's not the end of the world or anything, but it is also good to try and explore different types of ways on solving something else, just purely based on the fact that you can see perhaps this works in region A or region B, or maybe region C likes solution A better than B that type of thing. And then you at least have some sort of data to work out on and see if you can solve it more globally. Going back to what I said, the fresh perspective really like excites me. So I feel like if the perspective isn't fresh, I'm less motivated. I'm less excited about what I'm doing. And I also feel like it may just be like everything else out there. I think there is like a fine line between looking at competitors and using the way competitors solve things and, and reinventing yourself, but also staying true to the way people interact with different products. It's good to strike a balance between that. And I think that's where I kind of get this half fresh perspective, but half, what are the physical human traits for interacting with things? How can we translate those into the, the digital ways that we're designing things just so people know how to use them because it's interesting we're dealing with a lot of different age groups my parents have a very different relationship with technology than i do so it's it's interesting to cover all of that in the way that you're designing and the perspective that you have of designing it's a really good point you made that it's about keeping your perspective fresh to stay motivated and inspired but also there are design trends or there are basic interaction principles and having that juggle of being motivated as a designer versus making usable things I feel like is really challenging. We do need to look at metrics and look at the business cases and a lot of times we have this moment of we just need this funnel to be improved and so at those moments sometimes you have to kind of fall backwards onto trends instead of going forward thinking about a new creative way to solve something. How do you, as a product designer who needs to deliver sometimes on a very, I shouldn't say boring, but like sometimes there are boring projects where we just need this feature to be better. How are you getting excited about a project like that? 
it depends. Honestly, I don't think I'm excited about every project. Yes, there are those projects that come along, which are like, it's a quick fix that's trying to kind of solve a certain problem. That's a very standardized flow. Sometimes I think it's very much about having users be able to smoothly get through something. So those projects, I go and um, look at patterns that have already existed and try to follow those. Those I would say are exciting for me. But usually at work, you juggle a few different things. So the other things definitely do keep me interested. One thing that I did want to touch upon was how we talked about design patterns versus reinventing yourself. I feel like years ago when tech and apps were a little more up, upcoming, there was a lot more to explore in terms of UI patterns, interactions, way of doing things. But now since there's an app for everything, a lot of things have already been established. So as product designers, we're a little more than before put in a sort of cage in a way. For sure, we can reinvent things, but there's a lot out there that's already been established, which is less interesting and less exciting. Always trying to keep a, a fresh perspective and looking at new things and inventing new things is definitely harder now than it was before. I always think about the hamburger menu, which I feel like no designer likes, but we all get if you open an app and I see these three lines, every person knows what that means and what it does. So at what point do you craft design you love and care about versus craft design that's usable? And to me, that's always a really tricky balance to, to feel comfortable in. First off, hamburger is love. Hamburger is life. Uh, <laughs> I hate to be that one person who loves it, but that's because with the platform I work with, I have no other way than the hamburger menu. It's just way too much information I need to be able to show to the user. I do wish that we could find an alternative, like a proper one to make that hamburger menu disappear. I do hope that sometimes, you know, comes out of the blue somewhere out of a corner crawling out saying like, Hey, I'm the solution, but heck, who knows? On the other hand, design trends are here for a reason it's because they've been helpful, like whether it would be in the present or in the past, or maybe in the future, some design trends will probably never leave, but it's always good to fall back upon those. So whoever finds the solution, please hit me up. Absolutely. And so we've talked a bit about this kind of fresh perspective when it comes to design output, but I'm curious about perspective when it comes to design process. As designers, do you feel like you are establishing your personal voice through your process? But are you also thinking of a, yeah, a fresh way to kind of go down the design rabbit hole? Depends on the project I'm doing, which by the way, I always get excited if I have to fix things, I get to improve, which is something I love. That's the moment that I get time to start asking questions to random people saying, if you had this, what would you improve? on it. There is no right or wrong answer. It's always me giving an open question so that they can freely play around and say, oh yeah, this block, I would probably move to the left or maybe to the right. And that's where I just start doodling. I do sometimes have to, you know, just to do something else and come back to it later. And sometimes it happens at night. Good thing I have my iPad so I can also doodle then, but that's where I just start thinking on, oh, this person was thinking of this, but this person was thinking of that. Maybe I can just 
move this there and do that there and stuff like that. The, the output mainly happens with my fixing project. I feel like it is a common thing that when you walk away from the desk, that's when the ideas come. Anusha, you mentioned when you're jogging, Ahmed, you said at night when you're sketching on your iPad. Why do you think that we have to not be working to do good work? It's always really interesting. I come up with my ideas when I'm not working, but then it's kind of like my brain is always on and I'm always working. Sometimes, like I said before, we just need to step back subconsciously. We're also inspired by different stimuli rather than just sitting as a, at our desks as designers and looking at screens. There's only so much you can take in from what other people have already done or other verticals. Sometimes we need that outside uh, stimuli to really help us get out of that hole. We often find these, have these epiphanies when we least expect it. Like you're waiting, you're waiting. You're like, I have this you tomorrow. Uh, I need an idea. And then when you're pushing for it le the least is when the idea actually comes to your head. It probably needs time for you, at least for me as a person to process everything. So if I get a bunch of answers, I would read them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I process them at that point. This is a more of an overtime type of thing. And then whenever I've, you know, stopped working and, and maybe played around. That's the moment I probably click on to a certain mindset and then I just start doodling and then it just comes to itself. It's a force of habit. Maybe the brain works very differently. Sometimes I sometimes also feel like when I'm at work, I'm considering so many other realistic factors around feasibility and what's my timeline and what did my PM just told me? And it's almost like when I'm outside of work, I can kind of solely be selfish. My opinion kind of comes through. And as a designer, trusting that gut and building that voice is, is important. And it's almost easier for me to tap into it outside of a work environment, but it would be helpful to work more during work hours. That's um, always a struggle. So these ideas kind of come when you least expect it, but at what point are you looking towards users or data as the thing that keeps you fresh? I think user research is something that's very neglected. When you start off a small scale, you usually don't have budget for it, but unless you're really solving for your users, you're not doing your job. Testing with users is extremely important. We have the basis of what we know works because we've worked in different industries, worked in different verticals, but it's always really important to get your users to go through what you've created, to get their opinion, to figure out how they go through certain flows, what pain points they have, because at the end of the day, you are um, building for your users. We're building products and products need to be functional. For me, it only clicked recently. I'm just going to say it. Normally we would just, uh, grab one point of time, go to that certain release date and hope for the best thing is it works, but it's always a gambling game. So in May, I started to do the obvious thing and create beta runs. So I pick a certain amount of users, grant them access and that's where I hope to gather enough information to improve on what we are supposed to do. I appreciate the honesty because I feel like any designer will say user research matters, the user voice matters. And then you say, okay, when's the last time you did user testing? And it's just crickets. 
it's good for designers to acknowledge like I get the user voice matters, but I haven't been able to incorporate it so far. Because once we start kind of voicing that, we can talk more together about ways to bring it into the process. So I'm curious, you've been a designer at Klarna for four years. What was that moment that made you say, I need to just make this beta? I'm sure it's an idea that must have come up before, but what made that moment to pull the trigger? There was a moment where I had someone else in the team, which was also very much into testing and she has shown the way of doing things, which wouldn't be digitally, was more or less physically. What she did was she printed out the layouts and she would just put it on a whiteboard, invite people over and tell them, what do you see and what would you like to change? Or do you like this? And then they could explain what they liked, what they didn't like and all that kind of stuff. It was user testing, just not your typical digital thing. She would jot down the notes of, of the people she invited, and we would then take it to the next level and push it into a design. When she left, we stopped doing it and I missed it. I, I thought that I missed something because that was basically our fresh perspective. I missed it. And I just said, yo, shouldn't we just do better runs instead? so that people get to test things and they have the freedom to make their comments and see if we could just make things better from the start. Why do you think having it printed out on a whiteboard was so helpful for this type of testing? At first I was skeptical. Normally we don't do this. We would probably get an Envision prototype and just do it from there, right? It was her idea. And again, I'm open to any type of idea. Like if someone tells me you should try this. I will try it. So I tried it. She came back with information I did not expect and we implemented it. So I respected that. I was like, let's go, let's do it. It's always interesting when you hack it, what you kind of learn there. I'm curious, Anusha, do you have any similar experiences with user testing or other parts of the process through observing other people's work? You kind of learned new ways yourself. Yeah. At the beginning of my career, I mostly worked at startups. We usually didn't have budget for user testing, but we would try to push it because as a design team, we really wanted to validate our ideas rather than uh, just kind of go with them. A lot of the times we would test with friends, test with people we know in the office. It's interesting because there are people who are okay with doing guerrilla testing and seeing how it goes. And then there are people who really strive for getting unbiased answers from users. If you are um, testing a digital product and getting people's opinion on paper might have a disconnect. Although I think doing some sort of testing is definitely better than doing nothing. I think it's very interesting to see how, how it depends on the way that you carry out your uh, user tests and what constraints you have, the way you ask questions I found is really important. The way you sound unbiased is really important. There are a lot of things. One thing that I really appreciate here, having a larger design competence is now we do have user researchers in our teams as well. So I'm learning a lot from them because their expertise is to make these tests. Whereas as a designer, I do know about user testing, but it's not my speciality. Learning from them and having to collaborate with them really does level up the project. Totally. Coming from startups as well, I've always been super passionate about user research and how can you hack this process. 
And I've heard the same comments that you've brought up, which is maybe a startup without large budget doesn't have resources or isn't having that wide reach, et cetera. But I think the two things I always come back to is like user testing is never a realistic scenario. Realistically, people are using our products in bed, under the covers, on the train, on the toilet. These are not situations that we're monitoring mm -hmm. or that personally I have any interest in monitoring. Our products are always being used in different contexts. So it's never a perfect solution, but even if it's not perfect, is it still giving me a bit more of an insight than I have just sitting at my desk? And if it's 25 to 50% helpful, that's still really significant. So I always find it's still worth it to kind of push for it. Any type of testing is better than no testing for sure. But it's just interesting when you work with user researchers to understand the intricacies that go into getting a test as close as you can to a real environment that a user would use it in. Now that you've been working with these user researchers, is there any tip that you would give someone to a startup who maybe doesn't have that resources at their disposal? I would say start as rough as you can. It's like we talked about before, do some guerrilla testing, try and stay unbiased as you can, ask open-ended questions, really get the user to talk a lot because that's when you understand the most. They know a question you asked before was, to do with user testing and data. And that's one thing that I also wanted to touch upon. I think data is great to have, but I don't think data explains the why. It explains the what. So, okay, people are gonna go through this flow and click this yellow button more than they click this green button. Sure, but why are they doing that? You have no idea. Only data doesn't help designers make decisions. We definitely need a mix of both. Absolutely. So when it comes to this perspective, we've touched on how we're bringing user research into it, how we're bringing other designers into it. Let's talk about some of the other stakeholders in the room, the PMs and the engineers. How is that mindset enabling a designer's perspective? or hindering a designer's perspective. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It really depends also the time frame that we have. Sometimes we have to hurry and sometimes we have enough of time to process a certain subject. With my developers in, in my team, I've always had good conversations on user experience because they tend to challenge me as much as I challenge them, which I really like. That's a, the type of healthy relationship I want to have with, I always tell them, please don't just say yes. If you see something wrong, hit me up. I always told them there is no wrong answer. There are only good answers and there is a question. That's about it. I really agree with Emmett's process as well. I like collaborating with people. Even if you're not a designer, engineers also have different perspectives and they also help me think of different use cases. Often as a designer, I'm designing for a flow and I don't think of all the use cases where maybe in the code, they see all the different use cases that we have. I feel like as a designer, often at the beginning of my career, since you come from university and you're doing more project-based stuff, you are really like into what you've made. It looks pretty. You really like it. It works well and you're really tied to it. But I think as you grow as a designer, you realize there is no one product that's perfect. You're always um, updating some projects. It's about being less attached to what you've made and more open to um, what the environment and other people around you are suggesting. And I think this relationship with your work really helps you kind of iterate because that is what product design is about. 
It's really about changing based on your users, based on the environment around you. It took some time to not be as attached to the things I was working on, but I've definitely I'm much better at it. I agree. It's really hard. It's important not to be too attached to your work, but also then how do you know if you're proud of the designs that you're outputting if you don't take this attachment too seriously? That's an interesting one. It really depends. You can be proud of what you do. Sometimes it, you look at your old work and you're really not any more proud of what you did. It's always important to think you're not making this project for yourself, right? You have so many constraints from the outside world. You have constraints from upper management. You have technical constraints. It's not you creating this whole thing from your mind on your own. You're actually having all these inputs. So it's not yours, actually. Although it is your work, it's also a lot of other people's thoughts put into it, constraints. Because even when you look at someone's portfolio and you're like, oh, why did they solve it that way? Well, you don't really know because you don't know um, what their client had told them to do. It's really subjective how you judge whether you're proud of something or not. I think it's more about the process you went through and how you came to that versus your actual output. I totally agree. Feeling like a good designer is quite subjective because good can mean anything. For me, it means that I've listened to my user base. I've always put users up front over my own opinion. So Whenever I get to hear like, yo, uh, why did you put a drop down instead of uh, just tabs, for example, I would probably wonder why this person is asking and then start asking myself, did I actually do right? Because if one person is asking, maybe multiple people are asking. So then the curiosity kicks in for me and I want to find out if there are more people with the same opinion, just to clarify and verify if what I have done is the correct thing to do. I try to balance the opinions of as much as my stakeholders as the user base. So I just try to hope for the best that I hit in the middle and satisfy both parties. Going back to some a comment that you made at the start, Anusha, about how one of the fun things about being at a larger company is there's lots of different projects you get to switch between. And that way, even if you have one project that's not perfect, there might be something else that you have more interest in. I'm curious how perspective is affected when you've been on a project for a longer time or when you've been at a company for a longer time. You have this balance of, hey, I've been here for a while, so I'm really an expert. I know who our users are. And is that great to have that expertise or does that limit your ability to have a fresh perspective? You never know everything even working in-house because the company is always pivoting. We're always thinking of new things. So you always have something new to explore. I used to work at a company called Platters, which did office catering. And then we moved into an employee's perks credit card. I didn't think I would kind of ever get into like the FinTech space, but through iterating and pivoting the business, I did. Companies in order to stay afloat are always changing. Um, they're always branching out. They're always thinking of new products. So I think there's always something to learn. I think you can never know everything about your user base or your customers. And Ahmed, I know you've been at Klarna for four years. How do you feel like your perspective has developed during that time? You're making me sound old, by the way, <laughs> like a long time, but I've caught myself from time to time to be stuck in my old ways. Sometimes I do not have a, a fresh perspective, 
But when I do catch myself getting into that, I just try to do something so different that, that I surprise myself with information that I can probably use either with the current project I'm on or the upcoming one. And then see something differently, have like different type of goggles on it, for example, and see if I can solve it in a different way. And like Anushay said, you can't always have the knowledge. I mean, I could try and go for it. And that is always a good thing to do. It's best to sometimes accept what's happening and find a different way on going to the goal, just not going through a straight line because that straight line doesn't have to be uh, the most important way of getting there. You're allowed to take some turns, maybe go back and see if you can solve it another way. It's definitely a balance. You can't always be doing user research, even though it's such a core part of the process, because at some point you need to take these insights and start making new stuff and start moving forward which is the fun of this being an iterative process. On a more personal note, one of our last topics I want to pivot to is that as creative people, it's more than just our work. You know, you have to bring your personal opinion and your personal voice to work. And we go through phases where we're just not feeling it. And either it could be because of Corona, that you're just sick of day in, day out, feeling the same in lockdown, or maybe you're just not in the right headspace where you want to be brainstorming and creative. And I wonder how do you balance when your energy level just isn't there, um, still bringing this perspective or mindset to the work that you do every day? I would say we're only human. We can't always be super motivated, super inspired. There are definitely up times and times that are down. But one thing that's important and that I've noticed in a lot of designers, designers are designers because they really enjoy designing. So we have that going for us. We're doing something that we really like doing. I haven't met many designers who don't enjoy designing. So I think for that reason, we kind of stay in it. We do have when I'm feeling kind of stuck or in a rut, definitely like take a break. We're not supposed to be working all the time. We will get burnt out. As a product designer, I'm not always designing specifically, which sometimes is a good thing and sometimes is a bad thing because I'm not always doing what I love. Sometimes I'm doing a lot of product work. Sometimes I'm doing research, but I also think that helps break it up because you can't always be creative all the time. It kind of gives you a mixture of things to do. And therefore, when you do get to the creative side, you're really excited about it and you're really driven to actually do it. To add what Anushe said, it's okay to draw a blank sometimes, especially when you're designing, because sometimes depending on what you're working on, it can be rather difficult. And there could be also multiple ways on how to solve something like that. So like Anusha said, we're only human. If you happen to be in such a state or you're drawing a blank or something like that, it just helps to do something else. Come back later, could be a day, could be a few minutes, perhaps an hour, but just come back to it later. Maybe you'll have that eureka moment that you've always wanted. All I can say is chill and your problem will be solved. If it's not going to be now, it's probably going to be tomorrow or maybe somewhere later on the day. Like me when I'm doodling on my iPad. This center is sponsored by the design team at Klarna. It is produced by Francesco Cudolo, Mina Engelmark, Anusha Yusen, and Rachel Rosenson. 
To learn more about the regular career paths on the Klarna Design team, head to klarna.com slash careers. A special thanks to Carl Riemer for our cover art and Hadrian Eggström, a.k.a. Adenima, for our music. If you want to check out more of his music, go to tinyurl.com slash adenima. Got questions you want to hear from other designers elsewhere? Write us at descender at klarna.com. See you next time.